0: And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senores y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. It is Season 5, Episode 13, and all of the NAI Ball Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Off Speed. Athletics. We'll tell you more about off speed athletics in a moment. We, we have a great show for y'all this week. We're going to get into a week in review where we cover the conferences that we talked about last week. That's the American Midwest, the CalPAC, the Crossroads, the KCAC, the GPAC, and the River States. We're going to update you. Those are the closest conference races and matchups in the nation. Ottawa head baseball coach Gabe Grinder is going to join us on the show and talk about the Braves this week season we've got our final regular season edition of 10 to Lewiston the NAI ball hitter pitcher and team of the week brought to you by pitch pro and then it's our big series of the week we had to choose one one mid-south conference do or die matchup we'll tell you about which one we chose and why here in a little bit and then our final quick picks of the regular season before we transition into the conference tournaments, the opening round, and the World Series. After this, folks, just about four shows left in the year, and that is it. Next week will be the conference tournament preview, then we will have a opening round preview, we'll have the World Series preview, and then the postseason edition of the show to cap us off, and then you are without Cody and I until the end of January, but you can get all of your new stat scores and information as always at NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram. I'm the host, Robbie Gutierrez. It is great to be with you here. I want to tell you really quickly about Off-Speed Athletics, and when it comes to building the brand, no one does it better than our friends over at Off-Speed Athletics. Off-Speed Athletics should be your go-to for all of your high-quality sublimated uniform and apparel for your youth, high school, collegiate team, whatever level of baseball or athletics that it is. Off-Speed Athletics can help you with a focus on baseball. That's right. Off-Speed Athletics can help you at every level for all of your uniform needs. So do us here at NAI Ball a favor and give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram at OffSpeedATH. That's at OffSpeedATH. Then check them out at OffSpeedAthletics.com. OffSpeedAthletics.com. Support the people who support the podcast That's Off-Speed Athletics, the official title sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in the foremost authority on NAI Baseball. It is Mr. Cody Butler himself. Cody, baby, what's going on?
1: Bittersweet weekend coming up. Uh, Last weekend of the regular season, you kind of hate to see that, uh, but very excited for what's to come. Uh, We'll be in May coming this Sunday and everything to come with the opening round, like you said, the World Series on deck. Uh, Just cannot be more happy about this.
0: We are getting into the prime of our of our year. I mean, is there a better time for you and me than, than the opening round weekend? Like we are just weeks away from that.
1: Yeah, greatest three days in sports.
0: It's gonna be absolutely fantastic. But let's jump into the show, folks, and update you on the tightest conference races in the country. The American Midwest does not have an automatic qualifier bid attached to it, but you're gonna get a lot of advantages being that number one overall seed in that conference. Who wants it? Who wants that regular season title? Cody, we still have a two way tie at the top between Columbia and Lion, both of them 13 and five. And then two teams still tied for third between William Woods and Mobap at twelve and six, sitting just one game back. Cody, after this weekend in the AMC, we learned basically everybody's just still about even.
1: Yeah, crazy weekend last weekend in the AMC too. Missouri Baptist won the series over Columbia, 2-1, to one, didn't see it coming. And then William Woods won the series over Lyon. So you had really the two teams in third place take both series off the top seeds teams. Where you're Lyon, though, you have the tiebreaker over Columbia, and you host Hannibal LaGrange this weekend. So I think chances are Lyon right now is in prime position to get that top seed.
0: Cody, let's move on to the Cal Pack here in the Cal Pack antelope valley and usk met last weekend at the end of it antelope valley has an 18 and 6 record they are sitting in first place by themselves st catherine's 16 and 8 effectively two games back and then ben you mesa at this point three games out with the season winding down to the final weekend
1: huge series last weekend like you said antelope valley taking two off usk that pretty much seals the deal here in this one fellows Magic numbers down to one. Antelope Valley, they host Westcliff, the eighth team in the CalPAC this weekend. If they take a game off Westcliff, they're going back to the National Tournament.
0: So there you have it there. The winner of the CalPAC regular season title gets into the National Tournament, gets to put on their dancing shoes. Antelope Valley, the magic number is one. Westcliff on deck for them. In the Crossroads League, Cody, you, you had projected the split between Taylor and Indiana Wesleyan. It was on point, two to two, straight up split. And that puts Mount Vernon Nazarene in first place by effectively two games 24 and eight, Taylor in second at 22 and 10, Indiana Wesleyan in third at 20 and 12. And also tied for third is Huntington at 20 and 12.
1: I've never been more sure of anything. I was like, well, was last week with that split. I just knew it was going to happen. Uh, just 100%. These big boys, four-game series, they can't handle themselves. They always have to go 2-2. Malvern and Nazarene, though, they handled business last weekend against Grace, put themselves in prime position where they control their own destiny. I mean, you go out there, you win this series for 20 you take three games, and you're going back to the national tournament. This is a team that made some noise in Kingsport last year in an opening round. Uh, they have the guys to do it. Cruz McFadden, the reliever. There were three saves this past weekend, 13 saves on the season. The NAI national leader. Jake Glover, he's been really impressive. Andrew Miller, Andrew Miller had a really good weekend last week, also hit three home runs. Mount Vernon has three right now. You got to like their chances, but the door's still open. You drop a couple of games to Huntington, who's obviously doing really well, 20 and 12 in conference. Taylor's still right there. They host Grace. So Taylor's going to have to go out there and handle business. Taylor can't afford to drop a single game. But man, you got to like where Mount Vernon is right now, knowing that if you go out there and you handle business this weekend, you're going to the national tournament.
0: Yeah, series win for Mount Vernon puts them on the list of teams that will go to the ball and be dancing into the national tournament. It is right there, but Taylor and Mount Vernon Nazarene still neck and neck, two-game lead for MVNU. On to the KCAC. It was our big series of the week last week. Ottawa and Tabor and Cody, at the end of it all, Ottawa. Is in first place of the KCAC at 26 and 3. McPherson is in second at 24 and 6, and Tabor is in third at 22 and 8.
1: Yeah, Ottawa's magic numbers down to two. They got a midweek left with Southwestern, and then they play Sterling. Uh, Really like their chances to win the KCAC regular season. Sweep over Tabor last week. Really impressive stuff. I was really impressed with Ottawa. Tyler Bryant to go CG, punch out 11. Uh, Just fantastic performance out of him. Holland Bone, the first baseman, hit six home runs in a three-game series. Jonah Weisner, second baseman, four home runs in a three-game series. Uh, Audible looks like a complete team on the mound. They're getting it done. Offensively, they're getting it done. I think they're the best team in the conference, and I think they get it done this weekend.
0: Gabe Grinder will join us a little bit later in the show to talk more about the Braves, who are in first place currently in the KC AC to the G Pack. Doan has opened things up, Cody, and you have to like their chances. Doan is 22 and 2. Concordia, Nebraska is 18 and 6, and Mount Marty is 14 and 8. Magic
1: numbers down to one for Doan. All they got to do is take one of four this weekend. You take a game off Mount Marty, Midland, you're going to the dance. Uh, 22 and 2, like we said last week, they're just not dropping conference games. We made that comment last week, and they went 4 and 0. I just like their chances. Honestly, I like their chances to finish 26 and 2. Have a really special season. They're a really complete baseball team. They pitch it really well. They hit it really well. Give me Done. They're going to close this out and go back to the dance.
0: Done with an opportunity to get themselves in back-to-back years there for the G Pack. This time, you know, a, a big chance to finish, I mean, almost 26-2. and What an incredible conference season that would be. And last but not least, another conference that does not have an automatic bid attached to it in the River States, but, again, seeding all important seeding And another tight one here, Cody. IUS at 17 and four in first place. Point Park is 16 and five. IUK is 15 and five. And Cody, IUS could have opened that lead up to more.
1: Yeah, in a game they were winning 10 to nothing in the ninth inning. Uh, You give up a 10 spot, absolutely wild. Did not see it coming. Give up a 10 spot, tie the game. Kokomo was able to win the game in extras. They rallied. Big win for Kokomo to stay in this race. Point Park last weekend actually quietly dropped a series to Rio Grande. Uh, not what you want to see when you're tied for first place. Luckily, because Kokomo took a game off IUS, they're still in the hunt. But right now, the magic number for IUS is two. They go out there and they win two of three versus Midway. They will be your top seed. Point Park is going to play Kokomo, who's a half a game behind them. It's a really tough matchup for Point Park down the stretch. Point Park's at Kokomo, IUS is at Midway. really like it. It's going to be a good series, but give me IUS. All you got to do is win two.
0: So there it is, where all of the tightest conference races around the nation are headed and where they're currently at. Cody, thank you for updating us on all of those. Folks, let's get into some shout-outs and mentions, highlight some of the best players and performances from this past weekend. And first and foremost, we're going to give a shout-out and a congratulations to Clark University head baseball coach Dan Spain on his 300th career win. we give a mention here to Vanguard starting pitcher Lucas Bigby who threw 6.1 shutout innings in the win over number 6 Westmont. Bixby is tied for the GSAC lead with nine wins this season. Weber International freshman Dylan Martin went seven shutout innings in the win over St. Thomas. Martin now holds top 15 wins over St. Thomas, Gwinnett, Faulkner, and Warner all this season. Uno's Tyler Gregalis. Went 7-for-11, 5 home runs, 2 doubles, 12 RBIs, and 24 total bases, and clutched a 2-out, 3-run home run in the bottom of the seventh to tie the game and force extras for Northwestern Ohio. Lawrence Tech's Nick Olson hit 467, 4 home runs, 13 RBIs this week. Olson is hitting 452 this season with 27 extra base hits and 43 steak sandwiches. Southwest Assembly's a god. Michael Watson threw a complete game with 13 punch-outs. In the conference win over MACU, Middle Georgia State first baseman Ryan Wilson went 7-for-12 last week with a double, two grand slams, three home runs total, and 13 RBIs. USCB's Clint Sellers went 5-for-11 with two grand slams as well, and 11 RBIs over the weekend. He had three round trippers total last weekend. Marion starting pitcher Craig Nixon was named the Crossroad Pitcher of the Week after throwing two complete game victories over Grace and St. Francis. Ryan starting pitcher Tanner Moylan threw a complete game of 14 punch-outs in the win over number 23 Reinhardt. Mount Vernon Nazarene's Andrew Miller hit 500 with three home runs, eight RBIs in the series sweep over Grace. Warner starting pitcher John Bean threw a nine-inning complete game shutout in the conf- Sun Conference win over Thomas, University of Cumberland's true freshman Seth Benner is having quite the ridiculous season, hitting 434 with nine home runs, 11 doubles, 46 RBIs, and five five multi-extra base hit games. And then last but not least, Cody told you a little bit about it. Trailing 10-0 in the bottom of the ninth, IU Kokomo rallied for 10 runs to tie the game and force extra innings. Shortly after, trailing once more, 11-10 in the 11th, Kokomo rallies for two runs to walk it off, 12-11, to Versus number eighteen, IUS Cody. What a week it was! That doesn't even mention the weekend that uh, you know we talked about with Holland Bone. Just what an incredible weekend he had as well.
1: It seemed like the ball was flying all over the country. Uh, wild weekend, ten nothing down in the bottom of the ninth. I would say I'm not sure I've seen anything like it, but I saw Midway <laughs> put up like sixteen runs in the seventh inning against Gwyneth this year. So it's absolutely <laughs> wild. Some of these kids just didn't want to come back. They didn't get the window, so that one won't be as told quite as much as IUK's, which I'm sure they're going to tell their kids and grandkids about forever. Uh, just a lot of standout out performances this week, a lot of really special stuff. seemed like the ball was flying. It was way harder to pick hitter of the week than pitcher of the week. So many people really yes. deserving for this hitter of the week award. So really good stuff. Tip to captain them.
0: So congratulations to everybody on the shout-outs and mentions list. Let's go ahead and get into this week's interview. It is Ottawa. Head Baseball Coach Gabe Grinder with us here on the NAI Ball Podcast. Joining us now on the NAI Ball Podcast all the way from Kansas is the Head Baseball Coach of Ottawa University in Kansas. It is Gabe Grinder, and the Braves are off to an absolutely fantastic start. I say off as we're getting ready to complete the season here, but what a year it has been for Ottawa. Coach Grinder, thank you for taking some time out of your day and joining us here on the NAI Ball Podcast.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: So, you know, my, my first question really for you is, last year we saw this incredible run through the KCAC tournament. I, w- I want to say y'all were the five seed in that tournament. You basically, at that point, you know, have to win the tournament to be able to get into the national tournament. You do that. Has that season, you know, last year where you go to an opening round, you get yourself some experience in postseason play, you know, you get yourself some wins in postseason play, kind of set y'all up? for what you've done this year?
2: Uh, I definitely think it does. We we have a decent amount of returners from that team. And I think that experience and, and being able to see what that was like and then adding some really great talent over the summer uh, into this this group, it's allowed us to, to be where we are now. And, and I think last year, had that not happened, I think we'd still be really good this year. Uh, we always knew we would be, but I, I definitely think it's helped put us over the edge to where we're at now.
1: Coach, uh, new program record for wins this year. You already have 38 wins and counting. Uh, You're on a program best 15-game winning streak, third longest streak in the nation. Uh, Right now, you're rolling. This year, I think we first took notice, Otto and me and Robbie were talking about it, uh, that Oklahoma Wesleyan series. It was earlier in the year. Uh, They were still top 10 in the nation coming off a losing trip last year, and you swap them. Really raised eyes. Not just winning the series, but you swap them. And then I think it's kind of just been all eyes on y'all ever since. And looking back at it now, I mean, you opened the year with three wins over Huntington, a really good Crossroads team, a team that's in the top four in that conference. Uh, talk to us, I guess, just about how the year started really hot. You went out into an opening round last year. Uh, you beat Loyola, the number one seed on their field. I mean, really good experience rolling into this season. and uh, Y'all boys just kept it rolling.
2: Yeah, I, we started this year, and, and, and honestly, I, it's one of those deals we knew we were really good, but you had to start playing some people um and when we went to alabama i I told my assistant Hey, if we leave two and two remind me that that's good uh because i huntington is a very good baseball team uh they hit the crap out of it they had a couple really good arms but when we left three and one i I just remember driving home it it was my assistant and i we were talking and man like we're really good we got a chance to do some stuff this year and then uh we rolled through the rest of february like i thought we were like i thought we would and we're capable of and then um and that, Aval- that first Avila game was typically uh, or typical of our first Avala game. Uh, we always go down and then somehow rally. So what it's been the last three years. And then uh, I think the guys really understood how good they were once we went down to Oklahoma and swept Oklahoma Wesleyan. I, I think you could see the shift in kind of how they did stuff at practice, how they walked around, how they handled themselves. I, I think they understood at that point what we'd kind of been saying all year that, Hey, you guys are a championship team, and you're capable of making a huge run uh, if you just believe it and, and start to get after it. And and since then, I I mean, I think the rest of the season's kind of spoken for itself with what they've done.
0: Coach, you have a starting rotation in the weekend of three guys: Stephen Norrell, Tyler Bryant, Hector Sepulveda, that are really special. They're, you know two two nine for Bryant in ERA, Norrell with a three one, and Sepulveda with a two point eight four. I mean, these are guys that are all 55 innings plus, uh, you know, and then there's eight complete games amongst that group. Talk about what that one, two, three rotation has done for you all this season, how special it's been because there's so many teams out there that have one guy that they can count on. You look at that one guy and say, yeah, that guy's a horse. But, I mean, you've got three guys that you can throw out there and and feel confident in.
2: Yeah, I think with our rotation, it's been uh, a big backbone of our success. I mean, we we go one, two, three every weekend. We never deviate from it, uh, and I think that gives I think that gives the team a sense of identity going into weekends. You know that Norrell's throwing game one, Brian's throwing game two, Heck's throwing game three, and it never changes. Um, I I think you see some teams bounce guys around on weekends, and and I think it can throw you off a little bit. And I just think with those three guys, everyone knows what they're going to get every game they go out. Uh, they know that Norrell's going to go deep into the game because he's a Friday night guy and uh, every time we give Chuck the ball, we, we tell him, hey, man, like, you got to get seven. We can't expose the bullpen in game one. And, and he's been a horse his entire career. And he gets us into the seventh or deeper every time. And, and Brian's electric stuff and does what he's supposed to do every time he goes out. And Hector has been a huge piece to us being able to be as good as we are, because when we're up 2-0, he doesn't give an inch. Uh, he's as good as any number one out there. And he'll just slam the door shut. And it's a big reason why. We're 38-5 and five because those three guys, just are, they're dependable. You know what you're going to get from them. They keep us in the game uh, long enough for our offense to take over and put things away. And when they do get big leads, they never relinquish them. Uh, they just—they allow our offense to work at a really high rate, and, and I'm thankful we have those three guys on our staff we don't have to go face them. Coach,
1: I mean, not just getting it done on the mound. Offensively, uh, a couple of years ago, McPherson had multiple All-Americans. It uh, kind of looks like this Ottawa Braves team has multiple All-Americans. Second baseman, Donald Weisner, hitting 430 with 16 home runs. He's stolen 24 bases on the year with 34 walks to 18 Ks. I mean, just .533 on base percentage. And then you look at Holland Bone, uh, probably frontrunner for National Player of the Year, playing himself into that this weekend with six home runs. Just an absolute beast. .474 average, .584 on base, 26 home runs. Talk to us about Holland Bone. I mean, Holland Bone this weekend hit six home runs. Jonah Weisner this weekend hit four home runs. I mean, that's ten home runs from two different players. Talk to us about what they mean to their team.
2: Uh, They're invaluable with what they do. Uh, Jonah, I'll start with Jonah. We recruited him during COVID, and he he ended up going back to the junior college he was at. But um, we wanted to get Jonah because I I think every every championship caliber team has a go guy. Uh, And I thought Jonah was that guy for us when we recruited him two years ago, uh, along with another guy we currently have here. Uh, and we didn't get either of them two years ago, and now they're both here. Jonah gets guys going. He pushes dudes at practice. He's high energy. Uh, he he demands guys give everything they got, and and it shows up. Um, so he's he's been a huge asset both offensively and just what he brings every day at the field to get to get the most out of our guys. And then Bones just uh, he's an animal. He's been a he's been awesome at the plate for us all year. Uh, to have that hit in the three hole and make every starting pitcher seem in the first inning. Is just big for us. Um, whether it's, Hey, he hits a home run in the first, whether he strikes out in the first, you know, he's going to put a good at bat together for you. And between Jonah and Holland always being able to, to wear out pitchers in the first inning, just sets us up. Um, and then those guys, just whatever it is, whenever you need a big, big swing, uh, big energy, big swing and energy, they provide it. Uh, Jonah's Jonah's awesome at doing that. Holland's awesome at doing that. It's a reason why our offense is as electric as it is. Uh, And the big, big thing they bring to us too is uh, they're not scared to fail. So it allows us to push harder at practice because if we can set up situations where guys fail more often in practice, it allows them to be more successful in the games because the games are tough. uh, And if we make practice easy, then we're not setting them up to win at a high level. So because those guys are okay with failing at practice, it allows us to get more out of everyone around them and in turn, it puts us where we're at now at that that thirty eight and five mark. Just because we can practice harder, demand more, and and everyone's okay with that, and that makes a world of difference for us.
0: We're talking with Gabe Grinder, the head baseball coach over at Ottawa on the Offspeed Athletics Hotline. Coach, you've got four games left in the season. Saint Mary and Sterling for three. You know you're really close to to clinching that that automatic. Uh, bid to the national tournament, you know, I want to say the magic number is two. How do you go into this final week of the season? How do you approach it?
2: Um, We talked about it with our guys today at practice. We talked about it Saturday after the sweep of of what we're looking at. And uh, it's one of those things that I learned from coach Parker when I worked with him that you just talk about the big things because everyone's going to talk about it back in the dorm room. So you might as well address it in front of them. Um, So we've addressed that. and, And I just remind the guys that, hey, these games are no different than anything leading up to this point. Um, just play your play your butts off, work hard for each other, have fun, and, and try to mash some people's faces in along the way. Uh, and our guys, I, I know, will respond over, the, over this coming week and put their best foot forward. And where that lands us, it'll land us. But um, we feel really good going into these last four games and, and hopefully clinching that automatic bid.
1: Coach, just to be in the position you are uh, to clinch an automatic bid, to so go back to the postseason. I mean, this is an Ottawa program that in the Dak Stats era had one winning season. One winning season, 2010. They went 28-18. and 18. Other than that, it's sub-500 every single year. Uh, you get hired on, and my, oh, my, I mean, the turnaround in just a couple of years. Did you expect to have a and caliber program this quickly when you took this job? I mean, obviously, I know you're betting on yourself. You're coming from a lot of really great programs. But to turn around this job this quickly and put Ottawa on the map at national power with three – quality arms with an all American player that could be a national player of the year. Uh, it's really just pretty mind blowing.
2: Uh, I mean, Cody, when I took over the job after that first season, we were 20 and 26, we went out recruited and, and told everyone, Hey, we're winning a championship next year. You can be a part of it or not. Um, 98% of people thought I was probably certified, certifiably insane, which I get it like 11 straight losing seasons, but uh, we just wanted guys that, that wanted to believe in it and work really hard for it. And we've found that over the last three years. Um, I don't know if we'd have won a championship during the COVID year. We were off to a good start. Obviously, we won our conference championship last year in the postseason. And we have a chance to win the regular season one this year. Um, uh, The goal when when we talk with recruits is, hey, we want to get to a World Series. Plain and simple. Um, I think people quantify winning differently. We quantify it in winning championships and find a way to play for a a national title. Uh, And that's tough because there's a lot of, there's a lot of not giving to the goal that you want when that's what you set out for. Uh, cause there's not many teams that get to win championships and go to Lewiston, but we're very open and honest with players that recruit that we recruit, that that's what we want. And we find personalities that are willing to fight for that. And we've been really lucky over the last three years in recruiting to get the, the people that we have in place now. Um, and really, they're just great personalities that work hard and, um, they put us where we're at because of their belief in, in what we're trying to do and and just their work ethic that they show up with each and every day.
0: Coach, I know that there's, you know, you probably handle quite a few things yourself, but as, as a head coach, especially in, in a, a job like this, you know, how do you step away from maybe just focusing on pitchers or, or focusing on hitters and kind of let your assistants handle things? I mean, you know, I'm sure there are guys out there that, that coach with you that, that, you know have a big impact on the program
2: yeah my assistant joshua arenaga we hired him during the COVID year um he has been tremendous for us uh he works with our hitters every day and i've gotten to the point now where i just don't even really put much input into what we want to do hitting i just i ask him in the office hey what are we doing today and i write it on the practice plan that guy has done he's done an immense amount for our program to put us where we're at today uh the work that he does with our guys early down at the field every single day. Um, the prep work and scouting, all that, uh, he has been huge for us. Uh, when, when we hired him, I I set out to hire a guy that was going to challenge me and challenge our program's way of thinking. And he's done that and brought a lot to the table for us. And, and he's also a big reason why we are where we're at today. Um, just, he puts countless hours into our offense, making them what they are. And it's really helped our pitching staff out because it's allowed me to swing back more towards pitching and put, uh, really I would say 85 to 9% of my time and effort out of practice is spent with those guys. Um, so I think we see the fruits of having Josh with us because our offense has gone to a different level and it's allowed me to, to spend more time with our pitchers where those guys have taken off this year um, and really gotten back into the swing of stuff. And then we have, we've got two great GAs that work for us uh, that we're, we're thankful for and, and we hired on another guy to help with pitchers this year that, Again, he does kind of what Josh does with early work, working mechanics and everything else, and he crushes it. So our assistants absolutely are an asset to us and a reason why we're as good as we are, because without those guys, we wouldn't be where we're at today. Head
0: baseball coach at Ottawa University in Kansas, Gabe Grinder, has been our guest today here on the NAI Ball podcast via the Offspeed Athletics Hotline. Coach, thank you for taking some time out of your day and joining Cody and I here on the show.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me.
0: So a huge thanks to Coach Grinder for taking some time out of his day and joining us here on the NAI Ball Podcast. Cody, Ottawa's just having an absolutely incredible uh, 2022 season. And it, you know, really, ever since Coach Grinder took over the program, it looks like they're going to continue to build on that.
1: Yeah, I can't say enough about the turnaround he's done, honestly. that one winning season in the Dax Hats era. And to have this team, you know, potential Lewiston program, I mean, it's just really special. Uh, really impressed with him. Came away really impressed with the interview. And I came away impressed with the program itself. I think Ottawa, Kansas is on the rise.
0: Absolutely agree. And let's get in to 10 to Lewiston this week, where we have quite a few changes, Cody. Essentially, uh, there are three new teams. One team has been in it already this year, two teams are brand new into 10 to Lewiston a lot of changes going on uh, in Tenda Lewiston, but these are the 10 teams that I believe to be the top 10 teams in the nation. So without further ado, let's go ahead and kick this off and we will tell you right now the number one team in the nation through five, not many changes, just some tweaks here and there. but Southeastern University is number one. They're 43 and three. they're hitting 361 with a 265 team ERA. They've scored 460 runs. To one hundred and fifty-four runs allowed, one hundred and ninety-nine extra base hits. They're thirteen and two against the current top twenty-five. You know they're number one in the arc in the southeast. They're twenty-nine and one at home, eleven and two on the road, nine and zero in neutral site games. They've been tested here, you know, quite a bit. And and really, right now, Cody, you are starting to see them get tested a little bit more towards the end of the year.
1: And I think that has to do with them playing some of the better teams that they've played. I mean, playing Kaiser, playing Weber. Uh, even St. Thomas was kind of a little bit of a dogfight, showing that they're still the cream of the crop. I think Southeastern right now deserves to be the number one team in the nation.
0: The number two team is Tennessee Wesleyan at forty-four and five. They're hitting a three thirty-eight clip, a team ERA of three sixteen. They've scored four hundred and seventy runs and allowed one hundred and eighty-one. They have two hundred twelve extra base hits, four hundred eighty staff punchouts. They're ten and four against the current top twenty-five. Number one in Bow number two in the Southeastern Arc. Only because there's a team called Southeastern there, but they're 23 and one at home. They're 17 and two on the road, and they're four and two neutral site ball games. I really like what Tennessee Wesleyan is doing. I think they're an experienced pitching staff. Their bats have come together. They had that one rough weekend, but other than that, it has just been exactly what you expect from Tennessee Wesleyan.
1: One hundred percent, like you said, they lost three games in one calendar week, and then other than that, it's been smooth sailing all season. And they lost on the road to a really quality program. So I think. Since he wasn't, looks really good. They got the horses to do it, and uh, they got the arms to do it. Kobe Foster is looking amazing right now. He bounced back after not pitching at Reinhardt, came back with a 14-strikeout performance this weekend, looking like he's in the running for pitcher of the year. And offensively, I just think they have enough dudes to match and get the ball down there, score some runs, and get back to Lewison.
0: Absolutely agree. The number three team, there's a little bit of a change here. The number three team is Oklahoma City. The Stars are 40 and three, hitting 363 with a 349 team ERA. They scored 450 runs, 236 to lead this list, 236 extra base hits, 354 staff Ks. Uh, they're four and two against the current top 25. They're third ranked team in Bochip. They're the number one ranked team in the South. They're 28 and two at home they're 12 and 1 on the road ocu cody obviously the offense has always played there you know ocu has always had a really talented offense i mean you can go back to when i started paying attention to nai baseball around 2010 2011 when i was graduating high school figuring out this is where it was going to play uh, and moving into this now they have a pitching staff you know that it they have a staff that is going to go out there and compete, and they seem to be getting better and better as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, and they're led by their ace, Eli Davis, who's just been spectacular this season. Fifty-four innings, he's punched out seventy-four already. Got a one-one-five ERA, got a whip less than one. He's just been stellar, man. Eight and zero hasn't been beat this season. Uh, people are hitting under two hundred off of him. One eighty-eight batting average against. Uh, I just think Eli Davis is a workhorse, he's a front runner. We've mentioned it before. This is a guy that's done a no-hitter in the Big 12. I think he translates to go out there in and, and miss some bats. Cross-factor, top three AI player this year offensively. Eli Davis is definitely a top three, top five AI pitcher. Uh, like their chances to get to Lewis, and They look really, really good. And the, my biggest thing with them is they're doing what you're supposed to do to the teams mm-hmm. that they're playing. So they're at the softer part of their schedule, but they're absolutely just running people over. I mean, you look at some of these teams on the list, they're kind of limping by like, uh, there's a team coming up. It's like not exactly putting teams away. Oklahoma City is putting teams away, and they're putting them away super early.
0: Yeah they they are dominating teams left and right in Sooner Athletic Conference play, and they're they're just really playing fantastic uh, baseball. They're doing what exactly what you said. I mean, this is a team, Cody. He was in a regional uh championship game you know opening round tournament championship game last year with you know granted they had some of the same pitchers those guys have come in gotten more experience but they did not have the same pitching staff that they have this year and they were in a regional championship game just off of their offense you add in that extra bonus of uh you know the the staff in there i have you know wonder about their bullpen a little bit but that frontline starters that are going to be able to allow that offense to go out there, score some runs and get themselves a big enough lead and continue to drive runs in while holding down opponents. It's no longer that they need to outscore everybody 12 to 10. You know, it, it's become a little bit different. Their frontline starters on the staff are a lot better this year. The number four team in 10 to Lewiston is LSU Shreveport at 44 and three. They're hitting an insane 373. With a 3.31 team ERA, they've scored 503 runs this season and allowed 148. They have 190 extra base hits, 100 or 432 staff punchouts. They're 2-0 against the current top 25, and they're ranked second in the South Ark. They're 25-1 in the friendly confines of Shreveport. They're 14-2 on the road. But what I love most about them is they are 5-0 in neutral site ball games. Cody, this is a Shreveport club that if they host, it is tough to play there in Shreveport, and they are getting better each week as well.
1: And very similar to Oklahoma City, while they're not playing the toughest part of their schedule, they're running over teams. I mean, they're bludgeoning teams. They're smacking them. They lead the nation in run score. They lead the nation in batting average. I mean, hitting 373 as a team, I mean, it's my goodness. Absolutely ridiculous. Love what they have on the mound. Bobby Bath and Kevin Miranda, uh, offensively, they're getting it done. So, yeah, give me Shreveport, man. Shreveport, Oklahoma City, I think they're so interchangeable. Right now, if you want to go 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, doesn't matter to me. I think that's your top four, though, for sure. Uh,
0: and I do want to say, they had Texas College forfeit their entire series against them, only for Texas College to come back and play the next weekend. Uh, and that's just something that that blew my mind um, that that happened. And obviously we've talked about Texas college in the show before. They're not a baseball team. They don't have baseball players on their baseball team. It's a mixture of football players. They have a football coach coaching their baseball team, really disappointing situation there at Texas college, but that, you know, Texas college who has, you know, forfeited, I think maybe two games so far this year, just totally backed out of that series, wanted nothing to do with it. So that was really interesting to see. And they were back the next weekend Shreveport back the next weekend after not having a, a series and, handling their business the number five team in 10 to Lewiston is Lewis Clark State College they are 45 and 4 they're hitting 329 with a 278 team ERA 459 459 runs allowed 151 or excuse me 459 runs scored 151 runs allowed they've hit 226 extra base hits 493 staff punch outs they're 4-0 against the current top 25, six and bow chip, number one in the West Coast arc. Cody, experience on in the pitching staff, experience in the bullpen, experience in the lineup, not as much as they had last year in the lineup, but still guys who have a ton of experience in what it's like to play in Lewiston, what it's like to play at Harris Field, what it's like to deal with pressure on both sides of the ball, on both the offense and defense and on the pitching staff. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens because we have not been wholly impressed with what lc has done so far in cascade play when you look at what ocu lsus have done in the soft part of their schedule lcsc playing in the cascade which is you know uh not by any means a top five in the con you know top five conference in the nation uh has not been super eye-popping no they're one of
1: the teams that's like playing with their food a little bit they're playing down to their competition at times. You go out there and you stick a Southeastern in front of them, and you're going to see LC running on and off the field, giving it their best, and they're going to be playing really well. Uh, I really like what Sam Linscott's done for them offensively. Probably an MVP right now. Sam Linscott's been really good. Uh, Lucas White's been really good for them offensively too. I will say, though, this year they don't have a Brock Ephon. Brock Ephon last year was a guy that would get intentionally walked in Lewiston with a big moment we saw last year. Uh, they don't have a guy like that this year. I mean, there's they got a lot of good hitters on that team. Aiden Nagel's a really good hitter, but there's no Rocky Efon. There's no guy where you're like, man, I cannot pitch to this guy in this spot. And that'll be interesting to see how that translates in Lewiston. And Trent Sellers had a really, really good season. Had a couple of spots where lately where, you know, he's kind of fallen back a little bit, but he's still a true, legit number one. And I'm looking to see how they do in Lewiston against really good teams.
0: It will be interesting to see. The number six team in Tenda Lewiston is making their first appearance. Cody and I gave them a huge jump into this poll at thirty-eight and five, all the way from Ottawa, Kansas. It is the Braves of Ottawa. They're hitting three thirty-three. They have a three thirty-four team ERA. They scored three hundred ninety-five runs and allowed one hundred eighty-one, one hundred seventy-four extra base hits. Holland Bone has one hundred seventy of those. Four hundred and forty staff punch outs. Four and two against the current top 25. They're fifth overall in the bow chip, and they are ranked fifth in the South Arc. Cody, they are 25 and two. They are 10 and two on the road, three and one in neutral site games. We do not agree really with where they've been in the top 25 quite a few times, where they've been in the Arc. It's kind of been head scratching and puzzling, but this is a team that's gone out and done it. Yes, they dropped the series to McPherson but they've bounced back from that and they've handled business the rest of the way where you've seen McPherson falter a little bit down that stretch. Am I in love with the strength of schedule? No, but they've gotten it done anyway. They're 38 and five. And I think Ottawa has got three frontline starters that are going to give people a lot of problems. Uh, I think they kind of think they might be a two seed. I personally thought they, they would be a one seed Cody. I don't know about you.
1: You know, it's one of those things where it's like it's hard to pick on that because like you said in the top 25, they're not getting the respect that we feel they deserve. And a lot of that's just brand. You know how it is in the NAI, man. You gotta have the brand, gotta be a good program, gotta have that pedigree. Super yeah, too, super political. And right now, you know, they're just they're starting out, they're early on. You gotta do something, show me something. We've even seen some people on Twitter say that, like this is your first year, show me something. But uh, Ottawa to me looks like the team of a top ten team. They have three legit arms, like like legit arms, three starters that are legit. They have an offensive All-American and Holland Bone. Jonah is probably going to be an All-American, too. I mean, you're hitting 460 with 16 home runs. I like your chances. And uh, they just they get it done offensively. They get it done on the mound. And when you look at some of the teams behind them that, like, you moved ahead of them, I think it's time. Like, I mean, what are we waiting for? Ottawa went to an opening round last year. They took down the 5 seed. They beat the 4 seed, came down that night and beat the 1 seed in Loyola. They played well in the opening round last year. They're going to play well in the opening round this year. I'm a big fan of this Ottawa team. They handle business against Tabor. None of those games were really that competitive. They were competitive early on, game one. But other than that, Tabor jumped out to a lead. But other than that, Ottawa clubbed them. I mean, Ottawa looks really, really good. They have the series loss to McPherson where they dropped game three in extra innings. Other than that, they haven't dropped a series all season. I think the KCAC is very underrated. I think it's a lot of talent in that league. And I think they've just ran through the league this year. And I think they deserve to be a top-ten team. I think if this was Oklahoma Wesleyan doing this, it would be no question they would be in the top ten.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment, man. One hundred percent, I agree with that sentiment. I think if it was, you know, a, a different moniker, it, it'd be one hundred percent there. I, I'm gonna move. I moved them up to six in this poll. I, I fully believe in in what they're doing, and I think that their three starters give them an effective chance. Whereas a lot of teams around the country don't have more than one. The number seven team in 10 to Lewiston is Westmont, who is thirty nine and ten, hitting three oh six with a 3.9-team ERA. They've scored 357 runs, allowed 205, 183 extra base hits, 348 staff Ks. They have not been very good against the current top 25, Cody, and a lot of that has to do with the current situation between them and Vanguard, where they will replay a match. Vanguard had swept Westmont. The game was put under protest, and Westmont wins that appeal of protest. Now, I understand that it was a three-person Committee, we do not know who was on the committee that made that decision. We're going to reach out and find out on the reporting on that, uh, on who was on that committee, what factors they looked at, if they were at the game, if they only used you know video, um, what angles were available to them, things like that. But Westmont was successful on their protest by the this committee and the GSAC. So that game will get picked up 0-0 in the fourth inning. It's got a lot of implications. And really, I feel like Vanguard, Westmont, and HIU, Cody, they're all interchangeable.
1: Let's tell what the protest was. So Vanguard was awarded an inside-the-park home run, which turned out should have been a ground-rule double. The ball got stuck under the fence, ended up being called an inside-the-park home run. Obviously, the kid couldn't get the ball, uh, but it was a ground-rule double, they felt. So they went there. They're going to retake that. The unfortunate part of that is Vanguard went on to win that game 8-0. to So it really was kind of insignificant. You should know, feel bad for the pitchers. And really feel bad for Vanguard, who went out there Knowing, hey, you need all four wins to do this. If you don't win all four games, you're not going to be GSAC champs. And they did it. They went out there, they got the job done, and they took all four games. Now they're being told, hey, you got to beat them five times in a row. That's tough doing, man. That's tough sledding. And now I'm wondering, now this is for both teams, where are your arms at? So you're bringing somebody back on Wednesday. You got a conference tournament coming up the following Monday. Uh, Man, it's just, it's interesting to see what you're going to do here. But there is a big difference because you're playing for first place or third place. It's not like you're playing for first and second. Hope International, if Westmont wins, is the one seat. If Vanguard wins, Hope International is the two seat. So it's just interesting. Westmont, like you said, kind of on a slide back. I kind of have felt that way the last couple of weeks of the season. Remember, I told you when I watched them against Hope, I kind of like yeah, I kind of like Hope. I was like, I like the Hope just a little bit more. And uh, the some of the pitching that was really shining early on for Westmont. Now shout out to Eric Osaguer. Osaguer has been stellar all year, but I don't know, man. I think it's a really big game on Wednesday to go out there in a fourth inning 0-0 tie. What's it going to do to Vanguard if Westmont goes out there and they win a 6-3 game? It's like, man, all that momentum you had. I mean, they took a team pitcher celebrating as GSAC champions. I mean, that's how serious this was. They thought they were GSAC champions. They rushed the field. And just to take that away, that would be really, really tough. And not only to take that away, but to take that away and put you as a three seed in a tough conference. I mean, you're not going to have an easy first-round matchup if that's the case. So, Really interesting to see.
0: Yeah, and you know, Vanguard is in this ten to Lewiston. Also, I switched Vanguard and HIU on the basis that Vanguard had swept Westmont, and I thought they had the better weekend than HIU. And like I said two weeks ago, there you know, depending on who has the better weekend, is going to be the team that has in. HIU dropped a game; Vanguard did not. Uh, all of that could change because if Vanguard had dropped a game, I would have gone back and done a you know even more of a numbers deep dive uh, because both of those teams, they split the season series between themselves two two. They had the even run differential. I mean, they're so interchangeable out there on the West coast. Uh, but all of this could change by Wednesday. And then this becomes obsolete. If, if Westmont were to go take out that, take that game, I've never heard of a protest being reversed. Uh, I've seen quite a few in, in my time, uh, not at every level. You know, even including in the major leagues, you don't see these things get reversed very often. And now, I think I've heard in the last 48 hours, two situations, both involving GSAC teams, the same team getting uh, reversals of now. Some of these are years apart, but still, really, really crazy stuff that goes on. Uh, you don't often see protests be successful. We will be reaching out once again to the GSAC for more information on who might have been on that committee and how a decision was made. The number eight team in 10 to Lewiston is St. Thomas University. Cody, this was a tough decision because they were one of the three teams that was on the bubble of getting moved out. They were 32 and 14 hitting 319. Uh, you know, they're 10 and eight against the current top 25. So they've played top 25 teams 18 times. They're third though in the, the Southeastern arc. And that's why they're in here. They're the third ranked team in the Southeastern arc. They stay into this. Uh, the, you know, they've been really good in neutral site ball games. They have not been particularly great on the road. Their schedule is extremely tough. I'm not going to punish them for that. I think St. Thomas with an absolute chance this weekend to bounce back against Warner.
1: Yeah, and I think they need to bounce back against Warner. I mean, they've dropped three conference series in a row, man. I mean, that's tough. That is three straight weekends they've lost. Southeastern, I get it. Who's going out there beating the number one team in the nation? It's not happened yet in the series. I understand that. Really bad series loss to Flomo. And really why that series to Flomo is such a bad series now. And I get it. One of the games you lost in 11 innings and all that. And Flomo's a quality team. I mean, they played Southeastern pretty well. I mean, we get it. But it's tough, man, because you go out there and you drop a series to a really good Weber team. That Flomo loss, you play Warner, you drop this series. You're entering the postseason with four straight series loss. I don't think you can handle that. And yes, the teams that they're playing are very good. They're opening round teams. No doubt about it. But the problem is, is, when you're dropping two games every weekend against opening round teams, that means you're probably going to struggle in the opening round. I think for them, they want to get it fixed right away. They want to get healthy, obviously, because Sal is back on the mound. We don't know what the deal is with Soto. Hopefully, he comes back soon. Uh, they have the horses, man. They got the talent. We're not worried about that. They just got to play better. I mean, they're only, it's not like they're going out there getting swept outside of the Southeastern Series. But they go out there and they play well this weekend. Get a series win over Warner. Get yourself back on the right track. Because I'm with you. It's like it's hard to punish a team going out there playing. You lose a series to the number one team in the nation. You lose a series on the road to Weber, who's really good. I mean, it's tough. But at a certain time, though, you got to find that gear. And you want to start winning. And you want to start doing it now before the postseason. You can't afford to go into a postseason with four straight series losses.
0: 100% agree with you there on St. Thomas. I mean, you you really don't – that's not what you want to do. And, and, again, they play – Bar none, the toughest conference in the country at this level. Uh, I was telling somebody that if you put FloMo into a, a mid-level conference, FloMo really—you're not talking about them being a mid-level team in a mid-level conference. You're talking about Florida Memorial being a, a team that's going to compete for that conference title. Uh, you know, it's—it's it's one of those things where it's like they would jump up and bite a lot of teams and surprise a lot of teams, and maybe their midweek arms aren't the same. But you know, they've got some weekend dudes that are out there competing. It's a tough place to play. and you know they they've really, I mean, time and time again, we saw Southeastern struggle with Florida Memorial. Holy struggle with Florida Memorial in multiple games., uh, you know, it's it's tough to play down there in Miami gardens at at Flomo, and they take full advantage of it. The number nine team is Vanguard. forty two and ten hitting 323 as a team with a 14 ERA, 453 runs scored, 222 runs allowed, 367 staff punch outs are five and three against the current top 25. They're fourth in the, the West arc. And I can already hear the, the groans and moans from, uh you know, all three of these teams in the G sack, but Vanguard Cody, when I did this, I felt that they had the better weekend against Westmont. Of course, all of this could change. They could finish in third behind HIU, and HIU could be the regular season champion if Westmont takes that game. A lot at stake on Wednesday when this show actually comes out, but I'm going to keep this this way after this weekend and what I saw in the GSAC play this weekend uh, between Vanguard and Westmont, and then HIU, I want to say, with, with the Masters.
1: See, I haven't, like, me and you, this is where this is your poll, me and you're a little bit different. I, would, I think it's going to finish out this way. I think Vanguard's going to win. Give me Vanguard number one, Hope number two, and Westmont is the three. It's really tough to tell, though. They're so interchangeable. We kind of hit on it already. Vanguard had a chance to sweep, win a co-championship. you got to take all four at home, and they did it. Now, unfortunately, you're going to have to take five, and I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I don't think that me and you have ever picked up a game in the fourth inning of a zero-zero 0 game. It's like, man, <laughs> I'm super excited for this fourth yeah. inning to get rolling. But I, I am now. I mean, I am. Uh, We actually watched a game like that yesterday with Southeastern and Weber. Weber picked up, and they were off big, and Southeastern just chased them down and put up, like, a 20-spot. I was like, my goodness. So if you're Vanguard, you're hoping you go out there and do it again. If you're Westmont, you can literally make all your problems go away. And just when you go out there and you win the next five innings, none of it matters. Like, none of the, the sweep doesn't matter. Their dog pile doesn't matter. Well, they didn't dogpile. Let's let's correct myself. Their team photo. There's a big difference. Uh, there's a big difference there. I don't want to call them off for dogpile. They didn't dogpile in regular season, but a yeah, team photo doesn't matter. None of that matters. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the pitching. I think that's the most thing I'm caring to see. It's like you don't want to throw your ace on a Wednesday, do you? at a commerce tournament next week? I don't know, man. I don't know what you're going to do. Plus, that short rest coming off last Friday. I don't know what they do with the pitching wise but I think that matters. I think the depth of the pitching is definitely going to
0: matter. It'll be interesting to see. I think. Despite there being one bid out of the GSAC, as long as we don't see anything crazy happen in other tournaments or even in the GSAC, Westmont, Vanguard, Hope International—all in my mind, 100% postseason teams. The number 10 team in 10 to Lewiston, making their first appearance is Bellevue, who is 38 and nine with a 358 team average of 409 team ERA. Cody, they've struck out 411 hitters this season. They have four top 25 wins. They're eighth in bow chip, third in the Western arc. And I think that this team has done really well. They're 22 and one at home. They've played some really tough teams on the road this year and they're five and two in those neutral site games. They went down to Florida. They've been to Oklahoma. I mean, they have played a good schedule. Granted the NSAA, not a top 10 conference, but they have handled business, and even in their scheduling at the beginning of the year, which can make or break them, they did really well. Yeah, and
1: I think it's deserved. I think it's time for Bellevue to move on up. Uh, playing really well. Elijah Johnson, absolute dude on the mound. Punched out 119 batters in 76 innings. That's over 14 K per 9. Uh, has a 2 ERA, but it's a true ERA. 18 earned runs this season, 18 total runs allowed. None of that funny business with errors. Some teams do. Not calling anyone out. 76 innings, 119 strikeouts. Eliza Johnson's been a dude. You look for them offensively. Alec Ackerman, 407, average 14 home runs, 56 RBIs. Kanta Kobayashi, 430 average, 16 doubles, 5 triples, 4 home runs, 21 stolen bases. Absolutely love to see that. He was the North Star Player of the Week this week. Uh, Andrew Ishii has 10 home runs on the year. I think this Bellevue team's really, really good I mean, I think this Bellevue team's better than the Bellevue team we saw last year go out there and make some noise in an opening round. So give me Bellevue to just continue to play well, and I think they have a chance to potentially host this year.
0: I think so, too. I think that they have a a, a chance to potentially host, and and that might be something we talk about more in depth on the next show uh, if we find out who either A is hosting or if we have a better idea at – who is put into bid. They release
1: it on next Monday, May 2nd. Next Monday is when NAI will let us know
0: the sites. Well, that's tough because I will be traveling. So you, I know you'll be all over that. uh, But uh, that's, that's something I like. I would have loved to have been uh, here for. Uh, That'll, that'll be interesting. That will be interesting. But I am excited about that and who find out who's hosting and who will be where. So that is, 10 to Lewiston. Dropping out of this week's poll is Georgia Gwinnett at 34 and 12, who has struggled uh, with some teams, Cody, that, that traditionally they just do not struggle with. And then Central Methodist at 34 and 12 as well, who has really um, kind of floundered in spots in the heart conference. Really a, a tough one for them in, in spots this year in the heart conference.
1: Yeah, I mean, Gwinnett and Central Methodist, two extremely talented teams, can 100% work their way into Lewiston. Uh, You see it every year, but right now they're not playing as top 10 teams. Uh, Neither one of them are worthy of a top 10 spot right now. Uh, They just don't look the part. I mean, Columbia International led Gwinnett by like nine runs in the eighth inning of game one the other night, and then tie game in the seventh inning. I mean, Gwinnett's just playing with their food way too much. They're playing with these softer teams way too much. And the same thing with Central Methodist. I mean, they're dropping games in the heart every single weekend. So – uh, top 15 top 20 top 25 teams yes top 10 no shot
0: yeah wholly agree with that so we move on here to our nai ball hitter and pitcher and team of the week and this is all brought to you by the newest sponsor of the nai ball podcast player of the week awards it is pitch pro from aeroform athletics pitch pro is the leading provider of portable mounds for both USSA baseball and major league baseball Designed for both indoor and outdoor use, Pitch Pro portable mounds are built for easy storage They come with a 10-year core warranty. They aren't made with cheap foams. They don't move and they are lightweight. So do us a favor and check them out right now. It is Pitch Pro from Aeroform Athletic. You can find them on Twitter at Aeroform Athletic and see for yourself on Instagram at Aeroform underscore athletics. Then visit their website, www.aeroformathletics.com. That's www.aeroformathletics.com to check out Pitch Pro, the official platform provider for the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby that you, I, and everybody listening to this show watches every single year. So give them a follow and support the people who support us. PitchPro, your home for your next portable mount. That's PitchPro. Cody, our NAI ball hitter of the week is from Indiana Tech. It is Ashton Moxie. who went 14 for 20 this week with three doubles, three home runs, 17 RBIs, and four stolen bases.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely incredible week. Had a two-for-two performance on two games. Had a four-for-four performance in one game. I mean, just insane. Three doubles, three home runs, four stolen bases. Across the board right there, that line is impressive. I mean, you have six extra base hits, four stolen bases, but the 17 RBIs, I think that puts it over the top, just constantly driving people in. Right guy, right spot. Shout out to Ashton. He definitely deserves it.
0: Our Pitcher of the Week from Park, Missouri, is Kyler Barnett, who had seven innings pitched, three hits, no runs, seven Ks versus Central Methodist. Cody, that is the first time Central Methodist has been shut out this year in a season low in hits. Like
1: you said, I know what I've just said about Central Methodist, but like I said, that's a top-ten offense still. I mean, that's an offense with Robbie Merced and Bobby Nichols and guys that are absolutely getting it done. And to go out there and shut them out, really impressive stuff for Barnett. I think it was unfortunate that he did not win Hart Conference Pitcher of the Week. Uh, Definitely wins our National Pitcher of the Week. To go out there and throw a CG shutout against Central Methodist, literally no other team has been able to do that this season.
0: And then last but not least, our Team of the Week is the University of the Cumberlands, Cody. It's 12 straight wins. 5 and a week, and they look to be catching fire at the right time.
1: Yeah, they're playing their best baseball right now. Huge sweep against Georgetown last weekend. Certified themselves as the number two team. They're going to play the softest team in that play-in series. They'll play the 11 seed, and then they'll get there ready to go and try to take a spot. I mean, two teams are going to make a bid out of that conference and that tournament, and Cumberland has set themselves up uh, to go out there and get a spot. I mean, they really set themselves up. We didn't know what to make of Cumberland's this season. I think they kind of fell out of the pool, deservedly so. I think they're kind of playing their ways back into the pool, and uh, they look really good right now.
0: So congratulations to our NAI Ball Hitter of the Week from Indiana Tech, Ashton Moxie, our NAI Ball podcast, Pitcher of the Week from Park, Missouri, Kyler Barnett, and our NAI Ball Team of the Week, University of the Cumberlands. All of this is brought to you by our friends over at Pitch Pro. Cody, our big series of the week, and really what we wanted to focus on was the Mid-South Conference Survive and Advance Series. The way they do this conference tournament is this weekend, Friday and Saturday, three-game series. You win your series, you move on. You'll lose your series, your season is effectively over. A huge twist in that conference. The only team that does not have to play in a series is the number one seed, Fried Hardeman. So, Cody, I think there's one real series that stands out above the rest, and it is this one. Our big series of the week brought to you by Off Speed Athletics between the three seed in the Mid South Conference Tournament, Thomas Moore, having their best NAI season ever as they get ready to make a transition out of the NAI. And number 10, Cumberland, Tennessee. Let's tell you a little bit more about them and why we chose this one. Thomas Moore's 29 and 14, they're 15 and 7 in conference play. They have a three fifteen team average of five nine two team ERA. Bailey Martin is hitting three eighty with fifty two hits, forty four runs, fourteen doubles, a triple, five home runs, fifty RBIs. Al Grogan has a four seven six ERA with a five and one record, twelve games started, two complete games, sixty eight innings pitch, and fifty two punchouts for the three seed in the Mid South Conference. Thomas Moore Cumberland is nine and thirty nine. They're six and seventeen in conference play, hitting three thirty six. As a team with a 6.02 team ERA, Tyner Hughes is hitting 4.03 with 58 hits, 53 runs, 14 doubles, three triples, 10 home runs, and 45 RBIs. Daniel Alvarez has 14 appearances, nine starts. He's got a seven and two record, two complete games. He's become a mainstay in that rotation. 55 and two thirds innings pitch, 3.88 team ERA for him with 66 punchouts. Cody, this series would be much different. Cumberland is coming off of self-reported violations in which they forfeited what I think it was like 30 plus games, something, some huge number, but they were having an incredible turnaround to their season in which they now had to recant, go back on it. And now if you're Thomas Moore, this is a big series for you because you've got a team that's, that's starting to figure it out at the dish and win ball games coming in to play you in a huge matchup.
1: Yeah, so effectively, Cumberland, Tennessee went 20-3 and in conference this year. I mean, if it wasn't for the self-reported violations, they would have been your clear-cut number one seed by a good bit. Uh, They were the top team in the conference this year. They are the top hitting team. I mean, Cumberland, Tennessee is scoring on people at an absurd rate right now. Offensively, they're just absolutely getting it done. I think what stood out to me about this conference, and we can say it on air, Robbie, don't be bashful, is uh, there was a lot of chirping on Twitter. And one way to fire us up, this is the second time this year We've picked a series because we saw some chirping on Twitter. Yep. You know, we like it, man. Just add us. Add, Make sure to add us, and then you add the other team, too, and we'll get it out there for everyone to see. And Tag their best guys, player. <laughs> yeah, Thomas Moore and Cumberland seem to not like each other, and we're all for it. I think it fires up. You're in a play-in series against a team that you're talking smack against, and coincidentally, they only played twice this year because of a lighting situation. They usually have a three-game series. Only you're able to get two in, and they split. So they're one to one. Cumberland's 23 in conference. One of their losses is to Thomas Moore. I think it's a no-brainer. You send Cumberland over to Thomas Moore. Thomas Moore's got that, they're played some of their games at this really nice stadium in Florence. And I think they're going to play all their games there next year, is what I read. So it'll be fun, fun little three-game series. Uh you wanted them, you were talking at them, and now you got them. And I'm looking forward to it. I think this is a big opportunity because for Cumberland, a team that, let's be honest, was probably going to be in the top 25 last week. They're number 27. Uh, I don't think there's any way they let them in, but they're a record now. But this is really a 25 team right now. I mean, you look at some of their losses this year. They lost to Shreveport, Gwinnett, Tennessee Wesley, and they haven't lost to really any bad teams. Uh, They played really well, and the only way they can make this national tournament is to go out there and take one of these two bits. They have a long road to go. I mean, you're going in as the 10 seed it's a long way to go. You're not going to get – and they reseed too, which is – the thing about the Mid-South tournament. So once they win this series, it's not like, oh, okay, well, we take the three-seed spot. Nope, they're going to reseed it for the next go-around. So they're going to have to fight and claw, and they're going to have to prove that they're the best team and win a lot of these games. But I'm looking forward to seeing if they can do it.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be huge. I, I 100% agree with you. We like rivalries. We like the chirping, uh, as long as it's within a legal Range, of, we will say that uh, due to some unfortunate circumstances in other places in the country this week. Uh, but you know, I think it's going to be a good one. I think you have Thomas Moore, who's having their best season ever since they came into the NAI uh, at this level, and you've got a team that is not just you know had to forfeit a bunch of games, but is still Cody still going out there winning ball games and finding themselves. I think it's wholly impressive. And I think it'll be a really great matchup. Again, like you said, Cumberland was, they were going to be the number one seed going away in this conference tournament. They weren't going to have to do this. Now they're the 10th seed. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. And uh you could be talking about bid stealer in this tournament, you know, if they can figure it out. They got a long way to go, uh, both of these teams, because at the end of the day, Cody, I think that this is a minimum amount to get in. To the tournament. I don't I don't think that that they get, you know, more than three teams, more than two teams into the national tournament at this from the Mid South conference, who only has, because of what happened to Cumberland, only has, I want to say, four total teams with records above five hundred.
1: Yeah, I believe that for even for Cumberland's Kentucky. I mean, Cumberland's Kentucky is the two seed twelve game winning streak. We're talking talking about team of the week and everything. But you go out there and you drop a series this weekend to the eleven seed, your season's done. Change stuff and I don't. I just don't see any way. You're not in the top 25 right now. Your arc's not that great. Uh, I just don't see it. So I think for every team in this conference that's playing this weekend, the only team I think that could get in that large is Fried Hardiman. If they've been a top 20 nation all year, I think that they have the schedule that could probably get it done. But no one else right now is going to get in that large out of this conference. So you got to go out there and win this series, which is what makes the Mid South kind of fun this weekend. Everyone playing a three game series, it's winner go home.
0: Absolutely will be. Really, something to watch. Cody, let's get into the final part of our show, our quick picks, and we will be picking between Olivet Nazarene and St. Xavier, Point Park, IUK, Warner, St. Thomas, Loyola, Bruton Parker, LSU Shreveport, LSUA, and Thomas Moore and Cumberland. So we will kick things off with what Connor and I have selected, and then we'll go to Cody for this one. But Cody, I think all three of us are going to take Olivet Nazarene at this point. Uh, I took them, Connor took them. I, I have to imagine you'll take them just On the little bit of a run that they're having right now in the CCAC.
1: Yeah, by a little bit of a run, we mean like twenty-four game winning streak. That's tough, man. Like I think Saint Xavier is going to snap the streak. Give me Saint Xavier to take a game, but I like Olivet too much to have them take the series. Give me Olivet.
0: Point Park and IUK Cody, who do you got in this one?
1: To me, this is the toughest one to pick on the list. It really is. Mm. Uh, just because of Point Park dropping a series to Rio last weekend, I don't know. Give me Point Park, though. I'm still taking the Pioneers.
0: Yeah, Connor's going to take Point Park. I, I'm going to take you know, Kokomo just because uh, I was wholly impressed with what they did against IUS You know, in, in that huge comeback. I mean, that's such an easy game to give up on and, and really get down on yourself. And then at the same time, I think with what's at stake here, I really love – you know, the comeback story, the the being the underdog. So I'm going to take I.U.K. in that one. Who is the underdog going into this series? Warner in St. Thomas. Warner, you know, trying to hold their stay in the Sun Conference standings. St. Thomas has dropped three straight conference series. You keeping the faith in in the Bobcats out of Miami Gardens?
1: Yeah, last weekend I said there's no way St. Thomas loses three series in a row. Let's double down. There's no way they lose four (laughs) series in a row. Give me St. Thomas.
0: Connor will take the Bobcats, and I will take Los Gatos as well. All of us taking St. Thomas. Loyola, Bruton Parker, uh, if they battle for some positioning and seating in the all-important uh Southern States Conference, which gets just one bid and will have one or two. Cody, it's not a one-bid league, but it, it's really going to be hard pressed to get more than. Ooh, more than. Th- I don't see more than two out of this league, and you're really going to have to be lucky if you're the at-large bit. This league has not been as impressive as it has the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, it's going to be tough with only given one automatic qualifier this year, only having nine teams. It's going to be tough. Like Faulkner, obviously, is going to get in if they don't win the tournament. Uh, I can see a case for Middle Georgia. I can't see a case for anybody else, though. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see how anyone else gets in. And Middle Georgia, you don't want to go out there and have a bad showing. I can tell you that because um, they actually fell out of the top 25 this week which I found that to be, I don't know that I agreed with that, but uh, interesting enough, I'm going to take Loyola. I think is actually playing better now than they were to start the year. So give me Loyola. I think they're playing really well. Uh, Bruton Parker's been pretty good this season. Quietly, Bruton Parker's competed very well. Uh, I think Bruton Parker and Talladega, two under the radar teams in this conference have played well this season and exceeded my expectations for them. But give me Loyola.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Loyola as well, and and Connor will take Loyola. LSU Shreveport, LSUA in a battle for really just um, bragging rights in this one. LSU Shreveport looking to clinch up and finish this one out in the uh, Red River Athletic Conference and punch their ticket to go dancing.
1: Not so fast, my friend. If Alexandria comes out here and sweeps, they win the bid. They're going dancing. Talk about stealing a bid. Uh, Alexandria can actually sweep this series and punch their ticket. Uh so talking with a coach earlier about that this week. But give me Shreveport. All you got to do is win one game. Magic numbers down to one. I'd like their chances to do that. I actually like their chances to take all three. So give me the pilots.
0: I, too, and Connor is taking the pilots as well. Thomas Moore and... Cumberland, this one is going to come down to quite a bit. But, Cody, all three of us are going with the same team, and I think it's because of what we've seen lately from them, uh, even with everything going on. All three of us taking Cumberland.
1: Yeah, I am taking Cumberland, Tennessee. That's the best-looking Tennessee seat I've seen this year. Look very good.
0: Yeah, I think that's the, the whole reason. I, I think that they're going to come in fired up. I think they know that – that um, there's been a lot of chirping at them online. I think they know that um, you know that they have an opportunity to to end somebody's season. Thomas Moore has the opportunity to end their season, send them home, and back back up what's been said online. It's going to be really interesting. I am super excited for this one. Uh, I, I couldn't really get into to last year's too much in that conference, but this year I see the drama and the storylines, and I am all for it so cody that'll be it this week um i don't want to go into it too much really quickly cody but uh we did have and, and i know if we don't mention it somebody's going to m- message us uh we are aware of the situation between kansas wesley and bethany in in what happened there we are thankful that everybody is okay uh that everybody is healthy and you know just a really awkward situation There's, there's being there's having a rivalry and then there's taking things too far. Uh, you know, nobody should ever be should have that done. We're really hoping that it wasn't a baseball player that that did that. And uh it is something that we will continue to watch as the storyline progresses as well as uh what is going on. We're we're not gonna, you know, we're gonna let the police investigation do its job and, and all of that. We will continue to talk with uh players, coaches from you know uh Kansas Wesleyan, as well as both sides, and reach out to Bethany for comment from that, which uh, they've given multiple times the same comment uh, has not deviated at all. It'll be something to watch and keep an eye on. but if you did not hear uh, Kansas Wesleyan did have their water cooler uh what appeared to be spiked in a photo that has been picked up by the New York Post uh, by multiple outlets uh you know around the nation multiple major accounts online have published that photo as well um we're not sure what it was spiked with there have been multiple you know different accounts of of what it was but you know the biggest thing is is that all the players are healthy everybody's okay uh, i do believe that two players had to go to the hospital uh both of them are okay and and we're super thankful for that it should never come to something like that cody
1: no, I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. Like, I don't even find it funny. Like, I don't know nope. who thought it would be a good idea. It's like, what are we trying to kill the shortstop, dude? Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand. You committed a felony. Would... Yeah. I mean, it's a crime. <laughs> like, my first thing I saw that was like, this is literally a crime. Like, I didn't understand it at all. I've never seen that at any level at any sport, not football, high school. Like, never seen that ever. So, mind blowing. I hope that they find out who did it and I hope that they're held accountable.
0: Absolutely agree. You know, and, and uh, we will have more information for you as the story progresses, and we will go from there. Cody, it is the last weekend of the year. Uh, anything you want to say to the seniors out there who either aren't making their conference tournament and having their careers ended.
1: Just enjoy it, man. You know, live the game, give it your heart at 60, you know, play your best and enjoy the moments, enjoy the memories. And uh, thank you for following along with us. Thank you for tuning in to the eyeball. Hope we were able to make it a little more special for you. And uh, we appreciate y'all. I know a lot of people always tell us all the time, oh, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. Well, we appreciate y'all. I think that's why we started this, uh, to appreciate NAI athletes. So definitely thanks.
0: Before I get into that, we're still looking for an intern. Uh, we're still taking applications for an intern for next season. Uh, if you're a graduate student, you don't have to be a baseball player. You can play any sport and you're interested in that. Please reach out to me on Twitter at Rob G one zero six three. If this is your last weekend, it's the last time that you get to put on the uniform or, you know, sit in a dugout with your teammates. Uh, Enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know, it it affects everybody differently. And at some point you will miss it. And some people it affects them right away. Some people it takes a little bit longer. Uh, But at some point you will miss it and you'll want that camaraderie and you realize that you won't have it. And even if you're coaching and you were once a player and you're in that dugout, it's not the same. So enjoy it. Enjoy the memories with your friends. Enjoy, you know, the good times and, and you know, learn and become better from the bad. And, you know, we are 1000% thankful to y'all for allowing us to have this platform and, and keeping up with us. Because as, as much as we want to do these things, it, none of it is possible without the players around the nation who continue to listen to the show, interact with us. And a, and a lot of times become close friends with us, you know, it, and it's, it's things that, that excite us and keep us going and keep us driven. So we are super thankful to you. Enjoy your time. Enjoy your moment. Um, best of luck down the road. You know, you've always got a home here with us at an AI ball. We're always going to have your back. So Cody next week, uh, we will also be recording a little bit late. As I said, I'm traveling on Monday. One of my former teammates, my shortstop, Elvin Rodriguez is getting married in Dallas, so I am making the nine-hour trek from the borderlands all the way north to Dallas, and uh, we'll be there. Oh boy! Uh, Friday through Monday, coming back on Monday. By the time I get back on Monday, it's going to be super late. So we will record our conference tournament preview uh, next week on Tuesday. We will ho- hopefully have that out by Wednesday, uh, normal time. We we will pick all of the winners of every single conference tournament and tell you who each team is in those conference tournaments. So get excited for that as we head into the postseason. That'll do it for us here at NAI Ball, at NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram for all of your new stat scores, information, everything you need. And for myself, at RobG1063 on Twitter. For Connor Darnell, for Cody Butler, I'm your host, Robbie DeGeneres. We hope you have a great day and even better.